this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. This week on the show, we're talking with Jordy on the subject of community and individualism. We're basically talking about how our independent worldview here in the West impacts the way we do church. But before we get started, I've got a little bit of homework for you. If you're listening on an iPhone right now, I want you to hit the pause button and go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That will get us into more people's hands who want to hear conversations like the one Jordan and I are about to have. And if you're listening via Spotify, go ahead and click the little three dots that are next to the show title on the right and click the share option down at the bottom. With that, you can text somebody a link to the show, add it to your Instagram page, or send somebody a link via Facebook Messenger. We would really appreciate that. And no matter what platform you're using today to listen to the podcast, you can go ahead and share it in the exact same way. We want you to share it with somebody who's a Christian who wants to get in on the discussion of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. And now that we've got the homework out of the way, we can continue our conversation with Jordy. Sit back and relax. This is The Uncommon Truth. Okay, so we're here at the Father's House Church. I'm in the non-stinky nursery today. I'm joined again by Jordy Mumby, and we're going to be talking about individualism in the West and and how that kind of juxtaposes with the the Bible's view on community and it's stu- it's stuff that Jordy and I both have a little bit of experience with. I remember I remember you talking, Jordy, in class when I did the School of Transformation. You were just going off on what what someone's worldview does to to their view of everything in the Bible. So mm-hmm. from you know the most basic things to the most intricate and, and individualism and independence and community and the the relationship of those. That's one of those things, right? So we're going to be talking about that a little bit today. Uh, I just I just love talking about like our cultural biases and stuff like that. You you're Canadian. I spent ten years in Canada. I've lived in Australia and Ireland, and you know, just even within obviously within the U.S., there's so many different like little areas you go to. Right, you come out to California, and everybody's recycling, and gas is like twice as expensive, and people give you a stink eye if you drop something on the ground by accident, and and then, you know, in Canada where he came from, it's like, oh, recycling? Yeah, just throw it on the burn pile, right? It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's different stuff, right? And you talk about uh, hockey from the pulpit every once in a while, and That's right. it's just like crickets. you got to educate. You know? Um, so when, when, you think about, when you think about that worldview thing and uh, when you think about community and independence and how those two sort of clash, what's your thought well, we come from a a very individual, individualistic type of world. Um, what I would call independence is is number one, mm-hmm. and so our worldview is very much shaped through that understanding of of independence. I'm going to look up for number one. It's it's about me. It's about what I think, and mm-hmm. it's about my kingdom, and it's about my community. Right. And if somebody has a different opinion than than me, that's fine as long as it doesn't you know affect my daily life. You know, we can still be friends, but at the same time, so you're not really going to affect me because I I know best for myself. Uh, Western uh, culture is very much a consumerism culture, right? And that that absolutely it creeps into the church. 
Hmm. Definitely. Where, where the church becomes a, a consumer-based understanding. about It's about me. It's about what I get. It's about what I buy. It's about what I purchase. It's about how I feel. It's about um, at the end of the service, did, did that tickle my fancy or not? You know? Right. And it, it really is a uh, an interesting position to be in after you read the Bible for a while and going, I don't think this is about a consumerism, individualistic, independent thing. Right. I think this yeah. is very much more church, community, and my role with with a group of people that that does matter. So our worldview absolutely affects how we come to church, how we come to community, how we come to relationships, really. Yeah. Can you think of anything like the difference between maybe a Canadian worldview and just just for people who aren't really familiar with the subject of worldview and and uh, those con- kind of cultural glasses that we wear. Can you think of an example? It can be funny or whatever. Okay, so uh I've heard this before, right? So I'm going to steal it from somebody else. Okay. Of uh, fireworks in America. Okay. Um, this should be good. <laughs> Fourth of July. It's all about fireworks, baby. As a Canadian, I don't get that. I don't get it at all. So oh. coming to America, Fourth of July is all about lighting stuff off and having <laughs> fireworks. I remember, like, uh, we live in Northern California, and it's uh, high fire season, obviously, around yep. Fourth of July. And so, like, people are just, like, totally on edge if we can't have fireworks on the 4th of July, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that that fire ban first came in Colorado when I was, like, 12. And it had been, I guess, for my life leading up to that, there was, nobody really cared about it. And then there was one fire, and so there was no more fireworks. And I do remember that being a really (laughs) big deal. Like, I can't. I can't do my little like uh, yeah. jacks or whatever, you know, bottle rockets outside. Yeah. And we still did, obviously, because we're Americans. We have to light <laughs> you, stuff you on light fire. Stuff on something on fire. That, that does remind me doing uh, Canada Day, which is Ju- uh, July first, and Independence Day in the states is July fourth. So up at the camp, we'd have we'd have one of those days to celebrate. You couldn't take both of them. And so we had Americans and Canadians. So we, depending on which one it would fall on, we'd we'd do that. And and one of the Americans would always go around and take like his hat off and pass it around yeah. for money for fireworks, right? <laughs> and you know you get people, you know, money for this, money for that. You know, maybe get twenty bucks. Fireworks, man, that that drew like you'd get like a hundred dollars worth of fireworks. <laughs> I remember having a with my best friend Stetson, we had a Roman candle fight. And oh, you got to have one of those. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I've got a hole in one of my favorite jackets. And you're like, this is where my best friend hit me in the back with a Roman candle. It was great. It, it was, it tasted like freedom, you know? Just So yeah, that's, that's a good one. Like as, as a Canadian, you come to America and like all of a sudden fireworks stands just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? It, it's, it's like, this is a major thing. We can't light them because we'd be uh, violating a fire, right. fire ban, but we're going to buy them. We're going to anyway. buy them. You yeah. know, and it's, it's, it's it, okay. That's like a worldview thing. Like mm-hmm. like, uh, like Canadians don't think like that. Americans absolutely think like that. Right. And it's a value, right? We're, we're as a Canadian, I don't, I don't understand that value. Right. Let's so it's a very simple, very silly, uh, you know, example of a worldview. Yeah. I always when I when I first got to Canada, I heard people saying, "Well, you guys are a melting pot, and we are a tossed salad." <laughs> And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Okay, so I sort of get it, but I had, you know, multiple people come up and tell me that one. It's like, all right, well, I, I don't really get it, but okay. There's there's a lot of other ones like uh, my mother in law is here, and and we love having visitors from Canada, 
I just realized how often I apologize for everything, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just, just apologies <laughs> abound. And, uh, I made you this amazing thing. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry for <laughs> what? I made you dinner, <laughs> but it's great. Um, so then when we take this, this thought of worldview, we all, we all have stuff we're born with. We were raised certain ways. It's not, not necessarily wrong or bad. It's just you, you adopt some of that stuff based on where you come from. What do you think that, like if we put ourselves in first century in the Bible, the people that would have been listening to Jesus in the towns he was in, or uh, what do you think those people, how, how is their worldview different from ours in like 2,000 years later in the West? There, there's numerous ways that it's different. Like <clears throat> in terms of community, in terms of independence, and in terms of what we, we value uh, as, as terms of privacy in in America, like those are worldviews that they would never even consider, right? So their their worldview is very uh, privacy is something that's not really for you unless you were like super rich or super mm-hmm. powerful. Then you would have privacy. Um, okay. the The way that you lived was always in community. So the synagogue being being in the center of community of this is where life happens. This is where commerce happens. This is where culture happens. Like that, that's very much part of the worldview where we don't share in that worldview at all. Like privacy is something we value. Don't look at my windows, lock mm-hmm. my doors. Yeah. You can't see what I'm doing. And then we don't really value community to the point of like the synagogue back then. Like that was the center of their world. The community was, was everything. You know, to put somebody out of the synagogue was pretty much equal to to a death sentence of you have nobody to support you anymore, mm-hmm. right? Where if we were put out of a, a community, you'd be like, fine, I'll find another one. Right. I'll do it myself. I don't really need you anyway. Just start a new Facebook account and go somewhere else. <laughs> right. Find some new friends or whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So like their framework and, and their worldview is completely different than ours, especially in 21st century North American, you know, Christianity. So the the main difference, we, we're talking privacy, we're talking thinking about ourselves primarily as ourselves as individuals over thinking about our, even our families or our friends or our larger community. Right. So how does that hyper individualism or independence, how does that impact how our churches have our big church, you know, worldwide church in the States and in Canada and our, our just our normal local churches. How is that our worldview skewed because of that world? Uh, how is our community skewed by that worldview? Well, we don't rely on each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we, we rely on our feelings. We rely on our own independence to direct us. And we don't rely on community anymore. We're, I think how Jesus has this, uh, the, the church set up is that we very much rely on each other. We very much rely on uh, the, the community representing the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just thinking of the Sermon on the Mount where, where he tells uh, Israel, so you are light of the world. You are salt of the earth. He's talking to a community of people. He's not talking to an individual. Hey, Joe, you're, you're light of the world, right? He's talking to a community of people of mm-hmm. saying how you interact with each other actually demonstrates who God is in this world. How you actually act as a nation is going to determine who God is to the rest of the world. So let's be salt and let's be light. And so he's talking to a community in that thing. 
Paul absolutely picks this up in all of his letters. And, and uh, the, one, the one that's super challenging is he says uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he's addressing the community, how they're, how they're dealing with each other in, in terms of lawsuits. Like people are suing each other. And, and what Paul says is like, you're doing this in front of unbelievers. And you're saying that's not, not normal because that's kind of, <laughs> kind of normal today. <laughs> right? like, These are, yeah. The context was like believers yeah. going to court against each other and suing each other. And, and he, Paul actually says, he says, why not rather be wronged? Mm-hmm. Why not rather be cheated? Like, that, that's such a huge statement because like, that flies in the face of independence. Of going, it, it's my way or the highway, right? Yeah, it's, it's going to be my way. If you don't see it my way, then I need to uh, to adjust your you know, course of thinking to see my course of thinking. But like Paul's whole whole point in that whole thing was, this, as a community, you represent the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God doesn't backbite against each other; it actually supports each other and loves each other to the point of you can wrong me as long as we're okay as a community, right? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Should be our response to hold the community together. Mm. So where we go off track in terms of uh, independence is is it's my way or the highway. And, and if, if somebody doesn't see it the way that we should, or we perceive that they should see it, then then we need to separate from these people rather than hold community together. So I see this happen in 21st century uh, Christianity for sure, is that it's independent all the time, right? The pastor says something you don't like, then you leave. Rather than actually communicate with the pastor of going, where are you coming from on this stuff? You know, I, w- I want to know where you're coming from to understand so I can be with you in the greater understanding of us as a community representing God. Like, mm-hmm. can we talk about this? Can we have a discussion? But most of the time, it's just immediate. You know, I disagree with you, I'm leaving. Right. And there's no importance of community. Well, and there's so many people out there, like... So we we put our sermons up online for people that can't make it or traveling or people far and wide our, our network and those listening. You guys can go in and listen to Jordy and Steve and and some of our messages on Sundays and Wednesdays. That's all great, but it also allows us to sort of pick and choose, kind of like Baskin Robbins thirty one yeah. flavors. You know, like well, I like this pastor because I like the way he speaks, or I like this pastor from across the country because he's he's on board with my theology here right and and having that at our disposal really we become churches of one right you know like i i mean i go to starbucks pretty much every morning to work on homework or uh, just get a little bit of time to drink some coffee like six in the morning and read the bible and there's a few older guys that come in and hang out and we always you know sometimes we just wave at each other sometimes they ask how how the latest church softball team loss has been you know we actually won one that's amazing we we celebrated like it was the world series um but i realize i recognize how hesitant i am to offend them because i i realize that we're so independent and individualistic that you know, like I want to, I want to influence these guys. I at least want to, you know, be friends with them, and and maybe be able to to bring them to know Jesus. And they they've they would seem to be sort of leaning Christian. You know, they see my Bible open and they're like, oh, cool. You know, that's a good book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I hesitate to talk to them about the church I go to sometimes. And I still do, but I, I recognize my own hesitancy because I know 
oh, one misstep here early on in this relationship and I could offend somebody and send them off to, you know, never listen to anything I say again. Yeah. And I, I, I know I'm not taking the right approach with that, but I, I realize that even subconsciously that knowing, hey, somebody's going to, you know, maybe he's going to see it different than me. And I don't know, it's, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of balance those two, right? Well, that's kind of where we're at in modern day Christianity is, is my opinion rules. And if, if your opinion violates my opinion, then we can't be friends. <laughs> and I see that just being a tragedy to, to the greater church because we're, we're supposed to be a body together and we're supposed to wrestle through things. We're supposed to offend each other and we're supposed to be light, uh, life and disagreeing and, you know, the whole life happening kind mm-hmm. of stuff that, happen, that happens in community. Because it's only in that grander scheme of being together do you really find out what you believe. Right. Right. It, you it, struggle through it together. Absolutely. And then there's, there's, you live with people that have a different opinion and you want to know what their opinion is. And like, I come from a place of very, very independent, right? Like I had an independent streak in me of this. If you told me to go right, I would go, I would go left I, on purpose, <laughs> right? To show yeah. you that left wasn't so bad after all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's where I came from. And then going into a community of, uh, of a whole different, a bunch of opinions, like how do you, how do we now reconcile that? my independence with you trying to accomplish a task together. So something has to give, right? And like what had to give in my life was my arrogance and my independence. Hmm. And I had to become dependent and say, I will submit to perhaps a different way to see if, you know what, maybe right was the good way to go after all. <laughs> yeah. And and discover that, oh wait a minute, maybe maybe I'm not the smartest person here. Right. Maybe yeah. there is somebody that can show me a different way. Because after all, Paul uses the example of a body, right? And like some people are hands and some people are feet. And like, but we're all accomplishing the same task together. And sometimes you, we have to submit to one another. And like, we can't just cut off our hands. And that's what Paul says, right? There's just a hand separated from the body is useless. Like, yeah. it has to be connected to that place of going, okay, I know my place within the body. And like, I'm not the body, I'm, I have a place in the body. And we have to work together, understanding that submission, surrender, community, less independence, more dependence is actually the way that God has this thing set up. Yeah. So we're a couple of days away from this big kids mud run that we do every year. And I've been working out of the course most of the week. I'm kind of in my muddy clothes right now because we're, we've got set up days. They, we call them muck days. The whole group of the team gets together and puts on this this mud run, and I I understand what you're saying because we have a course director Danielle, and she has been doing this thing for a long time, and she's got the whole thing in her head, and she's got a lot of it down on paper too. But she'll say, "I need you to do this," and she won't give you context because she doesn't have time to give you context, right? Because yeah. she's got to go give direction to somebody else, and. I, I would find myself being like, well, you said do this, but I can think of four other ways that'll accomplish what I th- I'm sure your goal is much better. Yeah. And it doesn't take long to realize that you kind of doing it the way you think is best based on your limited information is actually super counter counterproductive because yeah. she knows she's already thought through the whole thing of how it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And she's thought through all the different variables 
and then you come and do it. Well, I improved on your plan. Actually, you didn't. You're going to have to do it again and do it the way, you know, the way I told you in the first place. It only takes a couple of those to realize, all right, you you start trusting your your leader and saying, like, she's got this. Mm -hmm. This is her fifth or sixth or whatever. And this is my second or first. And I better just do it that way. But I think we get the same we get the same in church, right? Like why not why not follow this guy who's been following Christ for forty four years? Right. Instead of like, well, I've got my own Bible, right? And mm-hmm. I've got my own experiences. I got my own worldview. Let let's just roll with it and see where we end up, right? <laughs> I, I this is such a uh, a hot topic for me is is the, the point of a church is to is to show the world who God is and like we cannot do this in an independent way there's there's people that are doing this successfully in front of us and they're they're actively from the front with a microphone announcing to us this is the way to go and then we can we we sit back in our privacy and go yeah I'll consider that. You know, I've been a Christian for 44 days. I got Jesus. I got my Bible. Mm-hmm. I'll do it my way. When we completely ignore the experience that's in front of us of saying, maybe I'll do it. I'll, I'll try it that way. If something very simple that, that Pastor Steve does with us is he says, this, I want you to start reading the Bible. Or I want you to start reading the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just start there. That, that's, I understand there's 66 books to the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're just going to start here. The words of Jesus. Let's do this. And I can't tell you how many people just fight that one, right? Yeah. Just, well, that's that's for a long time ago, or that's the milk of the word, or we need to move on from these things. And just the, the simple advice of 44 years of experience of going, let's just do this. Let's just do this. Let's the, This one thing. And just relying on those 44 years of experience, submitting it to it, and going, okay, I'm part of this group. This is where he's taking us. Let's do that. Let's just do that. Yeah. So, like, I actually did this when I came to the Father's house uh, twelve years ago. Is that was his advice to me? He says, "Jordy, you're confused. You need you, you need to get unconfused." And the first step we're going to do is this. So, my initial response to that was, "How dare you? Yeah, <laughs> right? How yeah. dare you call me confused? I know Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I met Jesus. I'm good. I'm here serving Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right? But then I had to come off my high horse and go, "All right, he's leading the charge, and so I'm going to do what he tells me." And so I did. And I read the Gospels slowly and intentionally. And what it did is actually helped my confusion. And so I trusted him. And what he said was actually going to happen, you'll be less confused, is I started doing these things, and the result was less confusing, just like he said it would be. Yep. It's fantastic. you know. And so that, if I would have taken my individualism to this whole thing, right? you're not going to tell me what to do. I know Jesus. I've actually met people that say, I don't need to pray, and I don't need to read my Bible because I know who Jesus is. Like that is like the rubber stamp of independence. Yeah. Right. How? <laughs> that's, that's like you will go as far as you can possibly go with that. But if you abandon that craziness and actually embrace the fact that somebody is in front of you leading you and submitting and submitting to that process, you're going to go farther than you ever thought you could go. Yeah. And that's the importance of of uh, community and in uh, knowing that you're part of something greater than yourself with this church group representing who God is. Yeah. Showing yeah. the world that, you know, this isn't about independence. This is about dependence on one another, becoming the body of Christ and showing the world who God is through that dependence. Yeah, I I'm in my mind I'm I'm sort of like to think about things historically. It feels like it kind of got its start with 
with Martin Luther and the Reformation, right? A really good thing yeah, of much. let's we've got these these Catholic priests, uh, the Pope really, and, and the the Holy yeah. Roman Catholic Church that's holding the word. You can you can only read it in Latin. So if you don't have the education, then then you don't know what the Bible says. And he said, well. You know, with the advent of the Gutenberg press, let's let's translate it and mm-hmm. and get it out to people's hands, and let's actually talk about what it says. And that was a great thing for for the church, and we're we're here because of it. Yeah. And we we all have a Bible now. We have one on our phones, and you forget your your physical Bible at home. You've got four different ways to you know look it up while you're at church, like apps for days, and so that's all great stuff. And and yet it sort of led us into like we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater a little bit here in the West where it's like taking a good thing and we've taken it to the nth degree. And now it's like, not only do we each have our own Bible, but we each have our own interpretation of the Bible. Right. And if the guy that's physically in front of us teaching us on a Sunday morning, isn't, isn't lining up with everything we say, then we're going to go find somebody who does. I think I've said this before, but I, one of my favorite podcasts, um, the host, he was saying like, he tried to bring his unbelieving dad to church one time and, and his dad didn't want to go and finally asked like, why don't you want to go to church? Like, it's a big deal to me. Why wouldn't you want to go? And he said, why should I listen to that guy up there? The whole church pays his salary, (laughs) you know, like why would he tell him anything that he, uh, that they don't want to hear? And that's, that's why I really like the father's house because, uh, I've said this before too, the, it feels like each sermon is like, Wow, that was the best sermon I ever heard. Mm-hmm. And we get that three times a week, you know, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. And and it's not because it's just like, wow, that just completely, you know, jives with everything I've always believed and I'm still going, you know. No, they're they're tough stuff. Like Jordy's yeah, <laughs> your your stuff on uh Friday mornings for chapel is usually like more of a kick in the butt than than like a pat on the back (laughs) you know it's like more of a kick in the butt out the door so we can go on with our friday and and get stuff done for jesus then you're doing all right you don't need to change a thing you know (laughs) right and i i guess in communities like i i see the value in that and i appreciate that and it's also something that that if i'm not careful can be like well I can slip into that. You want me to go left? Well, I'm going right. Mm-hmm. It, that reminds me, though, of a story. So it, you know the 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 camp song. I, I guess we sang it at camp, but the stirring up deep, deep wells, yeah, right? right? Yeah. yeah. We better, we're gonna break into song. There's a part in that song when you sing it at camp. It's and he goes to the left, then we go to the left, and if he goes to the right. So we had this camp, uh, these bleachers at camp in our chapel, and they're a big deal. Like they were. They were like 10 foot tall on the top row. And uh, and so we'd get like 200 kids packed into this tiny little chapel with these bleachers. And the worship team started playing this song. And I'm sitting at the back with bleachers on either side of me like, oh, no, we can't play this song. There's no guardrails on these things. It's dark. There's a bunch of like, you know, 11 to 17 year old kids running around on these bleachers. The guys on my right, the girls on their left. And so they start going and when he goes to the left, then we go to the left. And all the all the boys on on my right start coming towards me, towards the edge. And there's like this 11-year-old boy who's like holding his arms back behind him like, no, don't go to the left any farther. And, 
<laughs> and he just starts going like in slow motion, going over the edge, and all the counselors are like looking up, like no, you know. <laughs> but there's always one kid who. You know, there's dozens actually that when he goes the first time, they oh, yeah. start going the wrong direction oh, and yeah. run into somebody and get trampled, right? Like <laughs> he goes to the left and I go to the wait, which way is the, you know? And I think like that's just a funny example, but we do that all the time. Like, well, he, he's going to the left, Jesus is going to the left. Well, it's weird that my reaction is sometimes I want to go to the right. I don't know. And, I've seen the I've seen the real world, at least mm-hmm. at camp. Uh, consequences of that is you're either going to fall off the bleachers or you're going to get <laughs> trampled. <laughs> but you know we the the consequence of this this hyper individual independence thing is really we become separate. You know yes. if there's if there's safety in numbers for for believers and if we really do have an enemy that's roaming around like a roaring lion. Like do you want to? meet a roaring lion by yourself on the Serengeti, you know, just like wandering around by yourself? Or would you rather be in a herd with a shepherd, right? right. And I, so I don't know. What do you think about that? What are we What are we more like? Are we the sheep protected by a shepherd altogether? Or are we kind of wandering around making easy targets? Unfortunately, I think we're wandering around being easy targets because the, the amount of information that we have access to, like you addressed, is... Uh, is overwhelming these days. And so all we have to do is do a, a YouTube search of what we want to hear, and mm-hmm. we're going to find somebody that echoes what we what we want to hear. Yeah. And, and that's super dangerous for us. I think we have to get in the proper worldview, the proper Christ-centered kingdom of God worldview, and that needs to be the, the, the challenge that we need to address. We're going, uh, how did the, the, the first century church operate? How did, yeah. how did the guys that were left with the message of Jesus initially, like how did they operate? And, and as you can see throughout the letters, it's all about community. It's all about believing together. It's all about uniting with, with one another. It's all about understanding that we are part of something. Even when it mentions uh, the spiritual gifts, which we love to use in an independent way. Yeah. If you read the context of 1 Corinthians, where that's actually talked about, it, the, the spiritual gifts section is within the section of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to use the, the the spiritual gifts not as an individual way, but in a community way, and that's the worldview that we have to come back to, the kingdom of God worldview. And how you get a kingdom of God worldview is you start reading the Bible, as we start reading the Gospels. Number one, that is the King, Jesus is the King, and He's King of the Kingdom, and this is what He values, and this is what He says, and so He addresses a lot of these issues, especially in John, where the community's going off. More of a self-righteous way, mm-hmm. rather than the kingdom of God way. And there's these these massive sections of of scripture that challenge us a great deal, which says, "Bless those who curse you," right? Love those. Yeah, who that's not popular you. in the West either. Right? Well, like, what are those scriptures all about? Those those scriptures are all about being part of community and not withdrawing from community. Um, it, like vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Isn't is another one of these things, right? Where the context of that, of that is, don't take vengeance into your own hands, defending yourself. What we should be doing is picking up crosses and loving each other like He's told us to love one another. Yeah, and connecting with people and even agape, you know, self-sacrificing love mm-hmm. for the purpose of community. And that's that's like super. I, I mean, for our. Our context, Sheree and I moving 
to the father's house from Canada, there was, there was that draw to community. We had, we had a community, we loved our community and we, we wanted a community. We wanted to go even deeper into a community where we could be, you know, it wasn't just a, a few days a week, but it was a daily lifestyle. And that was something we found here because there's, there's a, you know, nonprofit businesses that we work in. She works at the gym and I work in the business office. And so we're surrounded by the people that we live with and we go to church with. And these aren't just church people that we run into. I, I did see an, somebody at Starbucks run in. I, you know, when people from church run into each other in public and it's super awkward because I saw somebody sitting next to me and they, they're like this super awkward interaction. Like, Hey, how's it going? Uh, and they're both looking at their, you know, phones and their watches like, Oh, how long do I have to make this last? And then <laughs> right. I was wondering where they knew each other from, like maybe coworkers or maybe they were in the same college class or something at the end they go, well, I'll see you at church. And Oh yeah, I'll see you there. And then they both right. sort of beat a quick exit, right? Yeah. Beat feet, right. And just get out of there. And you can't do that here because okay. if you're like, Oh, I'm going to go home. Well, guess who's there, right? The, the <laughs> single students all live together. The guys live with the guys and the girls live with the girls and, even, you know, we have our own family house, but it shares a wall with another family mm-hmm. and it's, you know, 30 feet away from another couple apartments. And so it's something that we long for, but it's also something we sort of fear, right? Oh, very much. Because we want to be connected to people. We want to have that shared experience. We're built that way. Yeah. Like there's a draw to be part of community, but at the same time, there's also a worldview that we all grew up with of saying, independence is number one Mm -hmm. i look out for number one and and so the beauty of this community is that we can actually start to contrast against that independent spirit of going maybe this isn't all about me this maybe this community doesn't exist to serve me only maybe this community exists so i can serve it and you start moving in a in a selfless kind of a way Mm -hmm. which is a very much more of a kingdom of god approach uh to the whole community and church uh, aspect. Yeah. I, I think that that part of like desiring community, um, I've said this before. I liked, I liked the idea of a softball team and Bible studies a few days a week, something, you know, a little bit more than just Sundays, but then the idea of, or, and I also liked, you know, like I, I need some a loaf of bread or some sugar. I'll go next door instead of across town. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. It was sort of a, um, you know, utopian view in my mind that this is what living in community is going to be like, but it is a lot of that, like dealing with offense together, mm-hmm. challenges, challenges to your own personal space. And, um, you know, people asking people for me, I'm, I'm one of the only people that have cars here. There's not as many cars as people. And so I'm getting asked like, Hey, can I get a ride here? Can I get a ride there? <laughs> Which I'm usually okay with, but then, Hey, can I borrow your car? It's like, Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, you know, like <laughs> maybe we'll, let's uh, schedule like five driving tests together and, <laughs> and let's see, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's really like, it's really more than just that surface level stuff that I, I thought, but part of the, part of the secret sauce that unlocks that, that stuff that, that I wanted more is like accountability, mm-hmm. which is, which is something that I'm finding is more and more necessary for a community. And, and it's super scary too, you know, like, so in order to be in this community, 
you can't just live your own secret life outside of it, right? One, it's just not practical. You're you're never by yourself yeah. for you know long stretches. Um, but it's in order to be who God has called us as a community, we need to continue sharpening each other, right? Like in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron, like one man sharpens another. Yeah. And so we see that in community, like working together, you'll, you'll see, you know, one of the, one of the leaders off with one of the workers, you know, workers on the mud run course talking about, you're not sure if they're talking about, you know, how to, how to do this project or if they're, you know, working on stuff together. Um, and it's, it's just a constant thing. It's not like a scheduled, I mean, I come into your office sort of thing. It's like, Hey, we're working together. We're living life together. Things are coming up and we're dealing with them together. Um, and I think, had I maybe had I known how that was going to be beforehand, I would have been a little bit less super yeah. excited to rush into it. But now that I've been here for a while, it's it's definitely been the best the best thing about it, right? It's um, is a vulnerability, and that's that's the key for any community to, to establish itself is being able to be vulnerable and say, "This is who I really am. I'm going to just show you who I am." That goes beyond independence. And starts showing dependence of going, I need you in my life. And so I'm going to be vulnerable with these things. I can see that you're more experienced in these areas. Maybe in uh, in my experience, like um, I've obviously never had kids. And then all of a sudden I had kids. And it was relying on other parents of saying, can you show me how to raise my kids? Yeah. Which is super vulnerable, especially in this this. Uh, for my generation, like I'm only 40, right? And so like my generation is like, don't tell me how to raise my kids. Yeah. I get to choose how to raise my kids. But there's people out there that have proven track record of successful child rearing. So why wouldn't I listen to yeah. them? But then you have to be vulnerable and say, you know what? I don't know as much as I thought I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to rely on you and your experience. And so I'm going to be vulnerable with this. And so that goes into every aspect of our lives, right? And so if we can come into community with that vulnerability of saying, here I am. I'm, I'm going to allow you to see me so that you can lead me to where I need to go so that we can be a better function of who God has called us to be mm-hmm. in this world. You know, like vulnerability is key. So, uh, you know, uh, accountability is a word that, that is, a, is a trademark word around here a little yeah. bit, right? But it, it really does come from a place of vulnerability. I will allow you to see who I am. And I will allow you to speak into my life. Like that is, that wages war on the independent spirit of going, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. Either see it my way or get out of my life, right? It's the vulnerability that we allow in other people. So it's not like you're saying, it's not just like asking for some sugar or yeah. <laughs> you know, asking for a favor. It goes way beyond that towards, we're, we're doing life together. And you need to see where I'm coming from. And I need to see where you're coming from. Yeah. And that, that's a really scary place for a lot of people to be. Yeah, I think I think I identified a lot with that that want for the community, and and I saw a lot of in my whole history of the church, just going to different churches. I saw a lot of people that you can see just lurking under the surface. They're really desiring for somebody to when when you when someone asks like, "Hey, how are you doing?" They want somebody to ask them, hey, how are you really doing? Mm-hmm. And then just sit there and listen to them. Very much. Right? Yeah. Like you go to church and I, I remember just almost hoping, hoping somebody's going to have a real conversation with me, you know? Yeah. Almost almost such a good conversation where it's like, hey, let's pick this up, you know, later. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's just hang out and 
and take this to to lunch or coffee or something. And I think because we're all we're all sort of scared of that vulnerability, mm-hmm. the person asking and the person being asked, they're both sort of like, oh, okay, well, let's let's see how we can sort of do this community thing without the dependence, without the vulnerability and without the accountability. And what it becomes is it feels like work, Mm -hmm. right? Because so if I'm going to go somewhere and not be vulnerable, then I have to basically pretend I've got it all together. Right. And so when, when we form quote unquote communities of people that look like they've got it all together, then it seems like a couple of things happen. It seems like, will eventually prove that we don't have it all together, mm-hmm. which will cause people on the outside and on the inside to lose faith, right? Like you guys said you had it all together. You guys said you knew the way to Jesus. And now you've, you know, fill in the blank. This has happened in your personal life. And now mm-hmm. how can I trust the other things you said? Mm-hmm. And that's happened recently with some people we know. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's like, wow, that's a rough rough spot very much and then and then the other one is like well i guess i can't be vulnerable around somebody who who's got it all together right like mm-hmm. how can i how can i share my deepest darkest secrets to with somebody who's a goody two-shoes never done anything wrong you know like that's what it that's what it feels like so how are we going to be the salt of the earth as yeah. a community that attracts people that that need it mm-hmm. Um, you know, the light of the world that attracts people in darkness if we're if we're not being real yeah you know i went to a church in my early christian years right just uh exploring churches because i was desperate to find people and what i what unfortunately what i found um not across the board but in in pockets which was really hard for me was uh, uh christian clubs and christian cliques hmm. and then like vulnerability wasn't part of the program at all it was can you fit a certain mold? And if you can fit the certain mold, then you're, you'll be accepted. Yeah. Just don't shake it up. Um, like uh, I was asked, hey, is this your first time here? Uh, what's your name? By the same guy. The oh, same yeah. guy for uh, four weeks in a row. Yeah. Four weeks in a row, the same guy came up to me and said, hey, you new here? What's your name? Like, hmm. Didn't we just do this? Yeah. Then it happened the third time. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You're joking now, aren't you? No, he wasn't joking. The fourth time, I was like, Okay, there's there's no connection that wants to be yeah. built here. This is very much a Christian club, where I just need to fit the mold. Don't make don't make a mess. Yeah. You know, just participate, play along. Obviously, you're not going to get remembered. Yeah, <laughs> right. But but you're part of something, and so there's this uh, this trap you fall into of going. Well, I guess I'm a part of something. Yeah, I've checked yeah. the box. Yeah, uh, now I can go. This. You know, uh, back to the rest of my life. I'm I'm in community, right? Question mark. You know, and this no, because nobody really knows you. There's mm-hmm. there's no vulnerability there. There's no vulnerability given, and there's no vulnerability taken. Like there's there's no there's no like what you're saying. Just like you come into church, and say, hey, how are you? It's like, oh, uh, what if I answer that question honestly? Yeah, right. It's like. Watch them shaking their boots as you're being vulnerable, right? <laughs> right. Like, what, <laughs> do they I have don't to do that to do too? <laughs> yeah. It's a, so it becomes like this Christian club, unfortunately. Like, oh, no, I go to church. No, I got my community. It's like, but do you really? Like, are, are you allowed to be, sorry, is your, is your individualism, individual outlook, worldview, is it challenged at all? Like, is, is it, 
is it uh, tested to the point of, oh, maybe my individualism doesn't work here. Maybe, maybe it's for the greater community that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's for the service that I get to do rather than the consumerism that I get to take away. Right. You know, the, the good news is that Jesus says when you give things up and when you when you serve, there are rewards for you, right? Right. They're not always the same rewards we would pick for ourselves. Yeah, you got that right. You know, it's like, oh, I served, so I get a PS4, right? <laughs> right. Or, yeah, you no. know, I get a nice new car. Like, those aren't those aren't the rewards we're getting. But I think being, whatever, nine months in or ten months in, they're, they're different rewards, but they're, they're rewards that you can't really find elsewhere. Right. Right? Like, you can find, you can be part of lots of different clubs and lots of different activities and get normal rewards, earthly rewards. But there's there's not a whole lot of people offering the the peace and the the comfort of knowing that you're in a community that, hey, if I stumble, if I if I fall on hard times, these people have got me, right? right. Yeah, you very know? much. You've got a very wide foundation holding you up. Mm-hmm. So I know I know you know what that's about. So Yeah. <laughs> very much. So I think that's probably all the time we have today, but I, I just appreciate your thoughts on that. You definitely, it's good to get a Canadian's perspective and mm-hmm. and just kind of see where, where we're going through. You're very well read too in the Bible and and you definitely took Steve's advice on, hey, reading it slowly and, and you're somebody I want to follow in my understanding of knowing more about the Bible. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. You got it. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of The Uncommon Truth. But join us again next week as we talk about how the church measured success here in the West and in North America specifically. How do we know if our church, or the church in general, is actually being successful in our mission? In the meantime, please check out the show notes directly under the episode. And you can find links to the Father's House Church website, the links to our School of Transformation and Life Recovery Ministries. We've also got something called Project 61, which is a short-term mission trip opportunity. So if you're interested in seeing firsthand what we do here at the Father's House, you can go to the link there, project61.org, I believe it is, and you can get in touch with us to schedule your own visit. We've also got links up there to our social media pages, our Facebook and Instagram feeds for the different ministries we run here. And I've thrown up a link to Amazon where you can find three of Steve Orsillo's books for sale there if you want even more of our content. As always, you can also check out our Sunday and Wednesday sermons by Jordy and Steve and some of our other pastors. They're up on our YouTube channel. Finally, don't forget your homework. Share the podcast, like, subscribe, and leave a review. That will get more people in on the conversation of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Until next week, this is Max, and this has been The Uncommon Truth.